Good morning. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon, boys and girls, ages four years old, through kindergarten, go to children's church, first through fourth grade. We are having junior church today, so you may go uh, out the back with Miss Sue Thompson. The rest of you should have received an outline in your bulletin. If you did not, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers will get you one of those here momentarily. I am getting over a little bit of a cold, and so um, you know, I try not to cough too much, but please bear with me on that. You know, last week we started uh, this series on the art of relationships, and we, we, we started talking about what does it take to have good interpersonal relationships with those around us. You know, what I've found as a pastor is people struggle with relationships, I'm not just talking about husband and wife relationship. That's a, really a whole different subject uh, that we could add on to this. But just interpersonal relationships, just all of your relationships that, uh, with other people that you deal with on a daily basis. We talked about last week how to have good interpersonal relationships, you've got to have the three dimensions of your relationships right. First of all is that vertical relationship. Before we can have good horizontal relationships, we've got to have a right relationship with God. Amen? Listen, if somebody hasn't disappointed you lately, it will happen this week. Okay? Um, it just happens. We fail each other. We disappoint each other all the time. And so one of the things we're going to talk about in the coming weeks and that is absolutely necessary for good relationships is to have a loving and forgiving heart. And friends, we'll never do that if we don't draw from the love of God. Amen? You know, uh, we will get high on our horse and we will look down at other people and think we are all that and that other people are beneath us. And so we need to draw from the love of God in order that we can love others. So we need to get that vertical dimension right. Second, we need to get the hors- or excuse me, the internal dimension right. Uh, we, need to, we need to figure out who we are and who we are not. Because we can kind of go either way with that, right? Sometimes we get too, too high on ourselves. You know, how could everybody not want to be my friend, right? <laughs> or sometimes we really throw a pity party. Oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me, right? What's the, do y'all know the next line? Might as well go eat worms. Okay, did your, your mom never taught you that one, huh? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so we can do that. So we need to get a proper understanding of who we are, friends, that yes, we are sinners, but God has loved us deeply enough to die for us and we are valuable to him. We'll stop there because we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning, friends. But if we get our vertical dimension right, we'll get the internal dimension right, then the horizontal dimension will flow out of that. You know, this week I want to look at what, is it, uh, what does it take to start getting our, our horizontal relationships healthy and good? But I want to start by asking you a question. How many of you have ever had a relationship that has become strained for some reason? That has become strained, strained, complicated, difficult, has become awkward. Okay, that should be most all of us, okay? Uh, At some point in your life, you know, we have those relationships that become strained uh, for some reason. Uh, Maybe they get off on the wrong foot, 
Uh, maybe it's just awkward from the get-go. Uh, you know, I, I have to confess a couple of things. And, and some of you who have been here for a really long time may remember this. I, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, you know, I think pastors should probably put together uh, at some point bloopers or things that they have said or done that they re- really wish they hadn't. Um, amen, Tom, you can, you can amen that one, right? You know, about, uh, it's probably 12 years ago or so, early on here at Southside, uh, I did one of the stupidest things I believe I've probably ever done, and one of those things where you just want to crawl right underneath a chair. Uh, we actually had had a young lady come forward that morning at the end of the service, uh, right down front here, and had uh, joined the church and had uh, said she wanted to become part of Southside and so forth. And so after we were finished singing, I was introducing her to the congregation, and I don't know what happened, but somehow uh, my mouth started running before my brain engaged. You ever had that happen? And uh, as she was standing right next to me, I happened to say, after I introduced her, I said, and all you eligible guys out there, she happens to be single. (laughs) At which she crawled underneath the, uh, wanted to crawl and turn beet red, and I then realized... Not the best thing to say, amen? Uh, one Sunday, I was uh, introducing myself to, uh, over this section over here to a couple of ladies that were sitting together, and I, uh, I introduced myself, hey, I'm Pastor Scott, how are you? And the uh, first lady introduced herself to me, and again, before my brain could engage, my mouth went off, and it, 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 I just turned to the lady next to her, and I said, hi, and you must be your mother. <sighs> Yeah, you guys kind of get this one. It was, no, I'm her sister. (laughs) Okay, let's start that one over again, right? Uh, Nice to meet you. You know, sometimes, uh, I don't know, have you ever stuck your foot in your mouth like that before? I think we've all done that. You know, there are all sorts of reasons that relationships can become strained or, or become uncomfortable or even... Uh, get started on the wrong foot. Maybe, like me, you said something that you shouldn't have said. Maybe, uh, maybe someone was rude to you or you were rude to them the first time you met. Maybe, maybe the last time you talked with someone, you guys got mad at each other and it's caused the relationship to, uh, to be uh, awkward. Maybe it's just that the situation itself is awkward. You know, maybe like when you realize that one of the kids on your, your son's t-ball team belongs to an ex-girlfriend of yours. (laughs) You know, there are some relationships that are just awkward, friends, but for whatever makes the relationship uncomfortable or awkward or difficult or strained, the question is, how can we begin to make those relationships healthy again? How can we take a a relationship that maybe is not great and, and bring it to a point where it's honoring to the Lord that's what I want to talk about this morning. I know what some of you may be saying. You say, Pastor, some relationships just aren't meant to be. Uh, some relationships can't be repaired. They, they can't be helper, healthy. They're, they're just too awkward. They're just too uncomfortable. Well, let me say this. I understand that you're probably not going to be best friends with your ex-spouse. That's okay. All right? That's okay. And, and that's probably the way it should be. I understand that you're probably, you're probably not going to have a close relationship with a former boss who has fired you. <laughs> I get that. Friends, but I believe most relationships can at least be civil. Amen? And I believe if we want to honor the Lord in our lives, 
if we claim the name, we claim the name of Christ, if we really are his, then we need to seek to work to make those relationships in our life good. Amen? We need to seek to make them healthy, good, strong, and productive. So the question is, how can we do that? How do we start? How do we start building good, healthy, productive relationships? We'll take your outline. Number one. Number one. First of all, healthy relationships start with a genuine appreciation for others. Healthy relationships start with a genuine appreciation for others. We're going to pick up this morning in the book of Philemon in verse 4. And last week we looked at the first three verses, of the, the introduction there, and, and we talked about those three dimensions as Paul relates to Philemon and the three dimensions of good relationships. After his introductory comments, the Apostle Paul starts by simply expressing thanks for Philemon. Verse 4, he simply says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Friends, are you thankful for those other people in your life? Are you thankful for others? Now, I know you're thankful for your spouse, probably. <laughs> if, you're, if you're on a good relationship today, right? You should be thankful for them and the blessing they are to you. I know you're thankful for your kids, but are you thankful for all the other people that God has brought into your life and that you have an opportunity to have a relationship with? You know, if you think about it here, Paul could have just started uh, right in with what he had to say. You know, he was writing to Philemon, uh, and he could have just started right in and say, Philemon, I'm asking you to forgive Onesimus. Philemon, I got something I want to say. I got something I'm going to ask you to do. But he didn't do that. Why not? Because for starters, this was an awkward situation. It was an uncomfortable situation. I want you to remember, Paul is writing to Philemon on behalf of his Philemon slave, Onesimus, who, after he had run away, ended up in Rome somehow with the Apostle Paul. How was Paul going to explain that? Fortunately, something great came out of that. He got saved. Amen? That was a good thing. Praise the Lord for that. But under the circumstances, they didn't know for sure how Philemon would respond. So when, as Paul writes to Philemon here, he wants to express, he wants to make sure that Philemon knows that the vibes coming from him are positive. That, that, that he wants a good relationship. Paul wanted Philemon to know that he loved him as a brother in Christ, that he appreciated him, and that he prayed for him often. Friends, I believe that in order to have good, positive, healthy relationships with other people, we need to have a genuine appreciation for them. We need to have a love for people. Now, it's very easy to, to despise others. It's very easy to get to a point where you feel contempt for others, even begin to loathe them, especially if they have not been kind to you. Amen? It's very easy. That's our human, our natural reaction is, oh, I can't believe they did that. Here's what we all need to remember. We've, we've all made mistakes. Amen? Every single one of us. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we wish we hadn't. Amen? We've all said things that we wish we could stuff back in our mouth and were never heard. And I want to ask you a question about that. 
thinking about that, do you want other people to hold those things that you've said and done that you realize are wrong, you wish you had? Do you want other people to hold those things against you forever? Then why do we do that towards others? Friends, it's why we need to show love. It's not why we need to show forgiveness to others. Why we need to show appreciation to others. Amen? For with the same measure that, 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 that you use, it will be measured back to you. Friends, Christ calls us to love one another. And, and, and you know, some people, some people bring into that. They say, well, pastor, when, when, when the Bible talks about loving one another, it's just talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. And, 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 and so we, we, only, we need to love other Christians, but it's hard to love unbelievers. And, and, and I don't believe the Bible really calls us to do that. Friends, do you not understand the point of the parable of the Good Samaritan? Uh, see, the, the Jews were doing the same thing that we do when we say something like that. They were saying, listen, I, 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 yes, the Bible says to love my neighbor, but my neighbor is just another Jew or, or somebody that is, I'm close to and so forth. No, the point of the parable of Good Samaritan was that everybody's your neighbor. Everybody's your neighbor. We're supposed to love all. Now, is there a closer bond with those who know Christ? Absolutely. Should we love people in the church? Oh, yeah. And sometimes relationships in the church can be some of the hardest, right? Because when other Christians let us down, that's hard. But friends, God calls us to love others. You say, but pastor, you don't understand who this person is. You don't understand what they've done to me, pastor. I don't know if I can love that person. Well, let me ask you a question. If you can't love them, can you at least start by appreciating them? You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, the dictionary defines appreciation as a recognition of the quality or value of people and things. I don't know if I can do that, Pastor. Well, let me kind of help you along. I want to ask you if you can affirm these five truths that I'm getting ready to say. Okay? I just want to ask you just one by one. I want to ask you if you can affirm these five truths. Because if you can affirm these five truths, then you can appreciate each other and love one another. First of all, number one, can you affirm the truth that all human beings are created by God in his image? Well, of course, Pastor. The Bible says that, right? If we believe God's word, of course we believe that. All human beings are created by God in his image. Second truth, can you affirm this truth that no one person is inherently better than another? Ooh. See, that gets a little more difficult, right? Because we tend to think sometimes that, that we deserve love and somebody else doesn't because of something they've done. But friends, the reality is that the Bible says that all men and women are created equal before God. There is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we are all equal before God. Number three, can you affirm the truth that we have all sinned against a holy God? Well, I hope you can because that's just, we, 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 we live that every day, amen? We've all sinned and, and we, have, uh, we, we are separated from God because of our sin, which leads straight to number four. Can you affirm the truth that we are all in need of God's grace and his forgiveness in order to be right with him? No matter... How good we think we are, 
how bad we think others are, we're all in the same boat and that we all need the grace and forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ in order to be right with him. That leads to number five. If you can affirm those things, friends, can you affirm the truth that God loved each and every person enough to send Jesus to die for them? Well, that's what John 3.16 says, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, even that person that you has, has treated you badly, even that person that you can't stand to be around, even that person that gets on your last nerve, friends, Jesus died for them. So, friends, if we can affirm those five truths, here's what that means. If so, friends, then that makes each human being valuable in God's eyes. Valuable enough that he would send his son to die for you. Therefore, if each person is that valuable to God, who am I to not appreciate them as someone for whom Jesus died? Amen? You know, a verse that probably will continue to come up throughout this series. We'll, we'll maybe just label it our theme verse for the series. It's a verse, you, if you have, don't have it memorized, you ought to have it memorized. It's Romans 5.8. God demonstrates his love for us in this. That while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, friends, Jesus Christ died for us. Not when we were lovable, not when we were doing the right things, but when we were rebelling against God, when we were still sinners, friends, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. That gives us a pattern. It's where we draw from to love others. Amen? Healthy relationships start with a genuine appreciation and love for others. Friends, We've got to get there. Amen? Number two. Second of all, not only do healthy relationships start with a genuine appreciation for others, friends, but healthy relationships start with believing the best about others. Healthy relationships start with believing the best about others. I want you to look at verse 5. To keep the flow... This is one of those big, long sentences from Paul. Start in verse 4 again. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Friends, Paul had, ter- had heard, as he writes here, good things about Philemon and his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. His love for the Lord and his love for all the brethren. But this was a difficult situation. I'm sure as Paul led, had a chance to lead Onesimus to the Lord, you know, I'm sure Onesimus, from the very fact that he ran away, probably maybe didn't have some good things to say about Philemon. Maybe he didn't like the circumstances. Maybe they had had a fight, a quarrel. They didn't know how Philemon would respond. And so... He probably heard some bad things there. He'd heard from others about his love and his, and his faith in the Lord Jesus and his love for, for, for the church and for the brethren. The important thing here is this. Paul chose to believe the best about Philemon. 
He chose to believe the best. He chose to believe that Philemon's love and faith would win out. You see, whenever there's uncertainty in a relationship, our natural tendency is to fear the worst, right? You know, we can imagine in our mind that other person exploding at us. We can imagine that other person getting mad and angry. Maybe, maybe, and maybe one of the reasons we're afraid to approach them, maybe they have a volatile temper. Maybe we, we can imagine them throwing things even, just getting really upset, maybe even never speaking to us again. Here's what I want to share with you, friends. That's acting in fear. Amen? Here's what Scripture says about that. Scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, friends, God doesn't want us to be afraid. We're never going to do the things that God wants us to do in our lives if we act in fear, ever. Scripture also says that with God, all things are possible. So, So why not? Instead of thinking the worst about someone, instead of imagining the worst, why not believe the best about that person? Amen? Why not believe that God can do something great in the relationship? You say, Pastor, I'd like to believe that, but this person has not shown that. That my experience has shown that this person just explodes. Friends, I get that. And let me say something. There's no guarantee that they won't explode. But my experience has shown that in most circumstances, both parties in a relationship want that relationship to be good. That's what my experience has shown. Not all. I get that. And we'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks. But in most relationships, both parties, I believe, want to have a good relationship. Uh, some of you are familiar uh, with, I, I've talked about my dad some in the past. When I was a kid, my father had a strained relationship. It was a little bit more than strained. It had become estranged, um, separated from someone who was very close to him for a, a good length of time, about 20 years. And... Um, and, and, and so I would always ask my dad, as they just stopped coming around at one point when I was young, um, I asked my dad, I'm like, Dad, why don't you reach out to them? Why don't you uh, do that? Because, see, here's the deal. My dad would brag on them. My dad would talk about them. He would, I could tell that he wanted reconciliation in the relationship. He wanted the relationship to be good. But, but every time I taught him, Dad, why don't you give him a call? Why don't you write a letter? Why don't you do something in order to try to repair the relationship? Here's what he said. Pretty cynical. But he said, they know where I'm at. They want to find me. You know, I believe what was really going on there. I believe what was really going on was he was afraid what might happen. He was afraid of being rejected. Here's the ironic thing about it all. The ironic thing was that the other party, about two years before my dad died, took the first step and called him and reconciled the relationship. Praise God. And the ironic thing is that what I found out was all those years, or most many of those years, the other person was working towards and desiring reconciliation as well. 
Here's two people wanting reconciliation, but both are afraid to initiate it. Why? Because they didn't believe the best about the other person. Listen, here's the deal. We all make mistakes. We all say stupid stuff. Now, you need to own up to that if you have. We all do stupid things. And so part of repairing relationships and and starting to build healthy relationships is to cut other people some slack. To give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what? You don't always have to have your best day with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you anyway. I'm going to let my love for you cover a multitude of sins. That's what Jesus did. And that's the way we should act. Shouldn't be so sensitive all the time, but we need to believe the best about other people. You say, but pastor, they just continually say stupid stuff or do stupid stuff or do hurtful things. Listen, I understand that there are times when, uh, when you reach out to someone and it is not reciprocated. We'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks. How do you handle that? What do you do in those situations? But that is not what I found happens in most situations. Most situations, when a little bit of time passes, um, both parties realize, you know what? I blew up. I said stupid stuff. I did something stupid. I'm sorry for it. But the problem is now it takes somebody to believe the best and initiate reconciliation. Friends, we want to start building healthy relationships. We've got to start believing the best about others. Amen? We've got to start appreciating others, having a genuine appreciation for others. And number three, friends, the third way that we need to, thing we need to do to, 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 to begin repairing our relationships, friends, is healthy relationships start with wanting the best for others. We're just simply wanting the best for others. Now, I want, I want you to add one other thing on your outline there. There's not a blank for this. Just right under that, put, and the relationship. Healthy relationships start with wanting the best for others and the relationship. In other words... It's not wishing ill will towards others, friends, but genuinely wanting the best for the other person and for your relationship with them. Amen? You want a good relationship. You want that relationship to be repaired. See, here's the deal, and here's why, as we'll talk about here in a few weeks, why the Bible gives us specific instructions on how to repair relationships that are broken between believers. Because as believers, there is not just a you should do this. There is a command to do this. As believers, if we do not forgive and overlook other people's sins and want the best for others and want the best for the relationship, then we are wrong and in sin before God. I want you to look at what the Apostle Paul says here. Verse 6, he continues this, this prayer of sorts. I thank my God, hearing of your love and faith, which happens towards the Lord Jesus, toward all the saints. Verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Now, it's a little odd. Why in a letter about this is he wishing and praying for his faith to become, uh, the sharing of his faith to become effective? Well, look at the next phrase. Let, let your faith, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Friends, let's just acknowledge something that 
You know, some people use the phrase, say it takes, a big, it takes a bigger person to overlook those things. You know what it does? It takes the Lord Jesus to overlook things. It takes God's love to love other people. That's what, it, that's what it's saying here. It's saying, Philemon, I'm praying that, that, that your testimony will be enhanced because of what you're going to do in this situation. When I see all the good things that are, that, that, that are in you in Christ Jesus, and he goes on in here in verse 7, for we have great joy and consolation in your love. He's already talked about Philemon's love. Philemon, when we see the display of your love in this situation as you forgive Onesimus, what is the world going to say about that? They're going to say, praise God. How could that happen? I can imagine Paul said some of the same things to Onesimus. You really think Onesimus wanted to go back to Philemon? Probably not. We have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Paul's desire, friends, is that the reconciliation of the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus would become a great testimony to the world, first of all, of who Philemon had become in Christ. Friends, that's what we need to recognize. Here's the deal. We don't have that in and of ourselves. We only have that capacity because of the love and forgiveness that God has poured out to us on the cross through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can begin to love others like Jesus... And that's a testimony for him. Amen. Paul also wanted the reconciliation of their relationship to be to be a testimony of what Jesus can do in people's lives. He, he not only wanted their relationship to be reconciled, but he wanted it to become a testimony of God's grace. Amen. You know, some of the greatest testimonies for the Lord are not relationships that have never had problems. And don't get me wrong. Those are great testimonies. Amen. For folks who have followed the Lord and always put God's principles into place, into place, friends. But, but how great are the testimonies of those stories and those relationships that have been reconciled by God's grace? Amen? The, the, those, those stories of, of folks who just shouldn't get along, worldly speaking. Who, who, who should hate each other. But who come to love each other because of the forgiveness and love that they have experienced in Christ and now demonstrate to each other. Friends, where are your relationships? Are they a testimony from the Lord Jesus Christ? Friends, do you realize that your relationships are a testimony to those who witness to them for the Lord Jesus Christ? Either for good or, say it with me, for bad. Do you want good relationships? I just want you to answer this just this rhetorical question between you and God. Do you want good relationships? Do you want healthy relationships? Do you want productive relationships, strong relationships? All of them? All of them? Even that one, you know what it is. That relationship right now that you're thinking about. Do you want that relationship to be good? Then friends, it starts with you. 
want to ask you a question. If the Lord Jesus were right there with you in that relationship and he saw, saw how you acted in that relationship and he heard everything that you did in that relationship, friends, would he be proud or would he be embarrassed? Guess what? He is there. He's there. He hears it all. He knows it all. He sees it all. Friends, we can't hide anything from him. I want you to, um, I want you to imagine with me, all right? So I don't know what you do when you daydream, all right? Some of you, I know what you do when you daydream because I see it, all right? No, I'm just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I want you to imagine with me, all right? So if you look up at the ceiling and just, hmm, all right? Maybe you close your eyes, whatever it is. I want you to simply right now, I want you to imagine with me that all of your relationships are good and healthy and productive and honoring to the Lord. Doesn't that feel good? You say, Pastor, it feels great, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's not possible. It's not possible, Pastor, because I can't control the other person. Well, friends, you know what? You're right. You can't control the other person. But you don't know whether it's possible or not. Here's what I want you to remember. You can't control the other person, but who can you control? You. I want you to remember this. The starting point is this, friends. That good relationships start with you. They start with you. Wasn't going to do this. I kind of debated back and forth on this a little bit, but I think I am. Um, I, most of you in here, a lot of you in here know my mom. She's sitting in the back. I've known her for 44 years now. She and I have disagreements at some times. Um, as most close family relationships do. But I do not know a single bad relationship that she's ever had. Now, it doesn't mean that all, all, all the other people always treated her kindly. But I don't know of a single bad relationship. And yes, that includes with my father. Were there difficult times? Oh, you betcha. I believe it is possible to let Jesus shine through us. To be a light and a testimony in a dark, messed up world. And if we talk about going out and sharing our faith with others, then friends, it better well start with loving others. If it doesn't, then you've already 
broken what God's called you to do. Where are you today? Friends, do you desire a healthy relationship? Healthy relationships start with a genuine appreciation for others. They start with believing the best about others. They start with wanting the best for others and the relationship. What step do you need to take today to make your relationships good? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you have done for us. And that while we were still sinners, still unlovable, still running from you, still rebelling against you, that you loved us enough to die for us. Lord, this morning we come and acknowledge that we are sinners and that we mess up. That we say things oftentimes in relationships that we shouldn't say. That we do things that we we shouldn't do. And Lord, first, I just help us, Lord, to, to admit and acknowledge those things before you and to others if need be. Lord, we're sorry. But Lord, here's what we realize is that those things show us a, 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 a problem in our hearts. And that is a wayward heart, a heart of sin. And so, Lord, as we come and confess those things to you, we ask you to come in. And change our hearts. Not so that we just have to simply try to control our tongue. Or control our actions on the outside Lord. But so that you will change and transform our heart from the inside. So that what will truly come from the very bottom of our heart Lord. Is a love. An appreciation. For each and every person that we come in contact with. Lord, that's not easy. The flesh still gets in the way. So Lord, we ask you to fill us with your love. Lord, we submit our hearts to you today to be changed. To allow you to do your work in them. Lord, help us as we go out today. To put these things we learned this morning into practice. To stop blaming others for the bad relationships in our lives. But as far as depends upon us to let us live peaceably with all men. Lord, help us to, to do whatever it takes to start. Just, just take the start in making our relationships healthy. And Lord, we pray. Lord, I pray that each one of the relationships that are represented here this morning, Lord, and man, they're a lot. Lord, the ones that, that, that were on people's minds this morning, the ones that are difficult, the ones that are strained, the ones that are awkward. Lord, I pray for them that they'll be able to, to work, to begin to start healthy relationships, Lord. And I pray for the other person in the relationship, Lord, that you'll work on their heart and that they will be receptive and wanting a good relationship as well. Lord, because we want to be a good testimony, Lord, to the world. Not of people who never sin, never do anything wrong, but of your grace and your forgiveness that is only possible because of what you did for us on the cross. So Lord, do your work in us us this morning.
We surrender ourselves to you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.